Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd. Today is Ash Wednesday. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, and joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning I'd like to begin with a brief devotional thought based on Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 39. We read, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. I think that beginning question is such an ironic thing, isn't it? My kids have recently come to me and asked, uh, Dad, will you do whatever we say? And my answer is no. <laughs> I'm not going to do whatever you say. You can ask me a question, but I'm not going to agree to do what you say before you even ask me what the request is. Recently in our symbolics class, we were studying the uh, confutation of the Catholic, the Catholic Church, which was the response of the Catholic Church to the Augsburg Confession. And one of the conditions that the Catholic, or the three conditions that the Catholics put on this confutation in order for the uh, uh, Lutherans to get a copy of it was they could not disagree with it. Um, <clears throat> they could not publish it, and they had to completely agree with everything that was written before they'd even be given a paper copy of it. Here we see the disciples coming to Jesus and saying, uh, Teacher, do whatever we ask of you. Jesus could have rebuked them about how foolish this question was to start with, but of course, Jesus being the loving Savior that he is, goes ahead and says, What do you want me to do for you? And they ask this, this really selfish, self-centered uh, uh, question of Jesus. They ask, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in glory. They were thinking about themselves. They were focused on, on the way that they would be perceived by others. They were thinking about and putting themselves first above the other ten disciples. And later on in this chapter, the ten other ten disciples get pretty upset. The Bible says they're indignant against these two brothers, these sons of thunder, who thought of themselves better than all the rest of the disciples um, and wanted to sit at Jesus' right hand and his left hand in glory. But Jesus responds to their foolish question and their selfishness with a really important thought for us today. And I think this fits in well with Ash Wednesday. And he asks them, uh, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? Um, Jesus there isn't talking about baptism as we think of it, but he's, he's speaking of baptism as uh, this this thing that he had to endure and go through. And we know in the Garden of Gethsemane as he was making his way to, to uh, Calvary that uh, Jesus spoke to his Father in heaven about the cup of woe that he had to drink. And so he asked the disciples, are you able to drink the cup that I am able to drink? Are you able to be baptized? Are you able to endure the things that I'm going to endure? And, of course, the answer, we are able. Now, uh, we know what Jesus eventually needed to go through. And as we begin the Lenten season today, we consider the, his suffering and his death, all the, all the horrible agony that he suffered on the way. Um, and not just the physical pain, but, of course, the... Uh, spiritual, emotional pain of, of bearing the guilt, the sins of all people of all time. And of course, he suffered the punishment of eternal hell on the cross as well and the very forsakenness 
of God. That was the cup of woe that he had to drink. And so for the disciples, again, to foolishly claim we are able is arrogant. I mean, it's, it's thinking more highly of yourself than one ought. And that's, of course, what Jesus came to teach his disciples, that they should not uh, be looking to raise themselves up to sit at the right hand of God in glory, but rather, rather they should come as servants. They should humble themselves and lower themselves before God. And that's, again, another theme of the Lenten season, isn't it? As we consider the work of Jesus, we are humbled. We're humbled by his great love for us and by his willingness to serve us in all that he did. And so as we look this Lenten season at the cup that Jesus so willingly drank for us, let us now then with the disciples also recognize that we are now to serve him as he served us, that he calls us to, uh, uh, to drink our own cups of woe, to be baptized in ways that we are baptized, to endure the things we are to endure, not because in doing so we're earning a higher place of glory in his kingdom, but rather recognizing that we are doing so out of service and love towards him. So kind of a lot of thoughts there all jumbled together. Pastor, any, any thoughts you'd like to add there? I think it's a similar line of thought. You know, it makes me think of Peter when Jesus talks about going to Jerusalem to suffer and die and Peter willing to die with him. You know, we're, we're willing to leave everything and follow you. We're willing, willing to die with you. And basically Jesus says the same thing to Peter that he says to James and John here. You know, he, following Jesus comes with preparation. And Jesus is reminding them, you know, the context here too, that, yeah, you're going to drink a similar cup that I drink. And you need to be prepared for that. You know, when we think about the disciples forsaking Jesus and leaving, were they properly prepared for what they were about to face? Were they properly prepared to face death, to suffer like Jesus did for us? And so they they want that, but they're not really ready for that. And Jesus is alerting them to that. So I think for us too, we want to be able to stand up for Jesus and follow him. Are we willing to suffer to that point that he might ask us to suffer for his name's sake? And that comes with a lot of preparation and spending time with Jesus, growing stronger with him and the words that we're able to stand on that day of uh, temptation and persecution like the disciples would have faced too, that they weren't obviously ready for in their pride and arrogance like you mentioned. Well, it wasn't until Pentecost you know, that we see Peter coming out and boldly proclaiming who Jesus was. And of course, uh, James, the son of Zebedee, was the very first martyr in the New Testament church that we're aware of, um, or the first, excuse me, the first apostle to be put to death for his faith. Um, so we see that, yes, they indeed eventually did uh, drink the cup that he drank. Uh, James was put to death, and of course, uh, John lived a long life, um, but he faced plenty of persecution being exiled to the island of uh, Patmos there, of course, when he received the, the vision of Revelation. So uh, these men did eventually, uh, were, were eventually, drank the cup of woe that similar to what Jesus drank, and we're baptized with a baptism similar to Jesus' baptism. And of course, we aren't able to bear sins as Jesus bore sins in himself, but we are now called to pick up our crosses and to follow him. And that's what the disciples did, and that's what we uh, continue to pray we're able to do as well as we go through this Lenten season and once again are filled up with the remembrance of the love of Christ and all that he did for us through his uh, work to the cross. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, we pray that you would think on us today. Uh, bless us with your saving word. Send your spirit among us and help us to grow. Uh, bless our worship of you today, this Ash Wednesday, and as we go through the Lenten season, uh, fill us up so that we may 
uh, drink whatever cups or be, uh, be baptized by whatever baptism you may have for us in our lives and strengthen us according to your will. We pray all these things in your saving name. Amen. Well, a number of weekly updates, reminders for you today. Uh, once again, our Wednesday evening Bible study continues this evening on, or no, wait, we're on vacation, aren't we, this this because of the Lenten season, so yeah, no, no evening Bible class. Yes, so ignore what I said before. No evening Bible class tonight. We'll be picking that up again after uh, the season of Lent. But our weekend Bible class, uh, we concluded our study of the report from the uh, Board of Doctrine Joint Committee, and we are now continuing with a study of confirmation. So confirmation is a tradition uh, in the church, and why do we do it the way we do it? Um, wh- why do we do it when we do it? Um, we're going to ask a whole bunch of questions about. Uh, why we do it, and uh, hopefully we can get some good, solid answers to that. Uh, last weekend was Facility Cleanup Day, last Saturday, February 26th. Just want to say thank you to everybody who came out for that. Uh, the, the church and school are looking spiffy, and with the Cal Tournament come up this weekend, that's that's good as well. Again, this, uh, this evening, uh, our Ash Wednesday s- uh, series on the season of Lent begins. We'll be studying the Lord's Prayer. So today we'll be taking a look at the uh, introduction, the address to the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven. Uh, We have services at 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. They're the same service. You're welcome to come to either one or both if you want to. Uh, This Lenten season, we have an opportunity for you to share some of the art in your homes. Uh, We're collecting portraits of Jesus and placing them in the alcoves of the stained glass windows in the church uh, sanctuary. So if you have any of those, Please uh, bring them in and contact Lane Fisher. He's the main contact person to arrange them uh, so they look beautiful in our in our sanctuary. Uh, we also printed off a devotional calendar. You're welcome to check out in the narthex. Has a little Bible reading for each each day of the season of Lent. Um, very short, a little devotional thought for you to have every day. Encourage you to take a look at that. As I mentioned before, this uh, week we are hosting the Cal Tournament, the Christian Athletic League. Uh, it's going to be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, March 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Um, you are welcome to uh, check out our website and the bulletin for more information on that tournament. Uh, next Friday, March 11th, we're hosting a Red Cross Blood Drive in the uh, gym. So that's the Friday of CLC tournaments. So I know many of you will be out of town, but if you're able to uh, give blood that day, that would be a wonderful opportunity for you to uh, share your blood. And of course, Christ shared his blood by washing us clean of sin. Uh, Pew restoration is going to be taking place with a a reupholstering of the pews March 15th through 29th. Those are soft dates, so they're not for sure. Tentative. Tentative dates, yep. So, But uh, be looking for that in the month of March to potentially be moving church services because of the uh, uh, pew restoration, uh, potentially services in the gym. We're still figuring out all the details with that. Uh, March 25th through 27th, we are bringing back Arts Camp. So Arts Camp has been off the last two years uh, due to COVID, but this year we are bringing it back. Uh, If you'd like more information on that, you can contact Kim Stelter uh, and also see the bulletin for more details there as well. Uh, On our prayer list for today, again, March 2nd, uh, we continue to pray and thank God for protecting Mrs. Keeney, uh, Cordy Keeney, who had a fall last week uh, but was in church and is doing well. We thank the Lord for 95 years of blessings for Bernice Geiger. She celebrated her birthday. Happy birthday, Bernice. And finally, we also continue to pray for all that's going on over in Ukraine. We pray that the Lord would bring peace to that land. We know that wars and rumors of wars will always exist here on earth. Um, Yet we pray for peace, both physically and also spiritually, that people may be reminded of the good news of Jesus Christ and what he has done for them and 
give that peace that passes all understanding. And with that, we'll move to our meet the faculty section of our uh, program today. Today, I got, or a few days ago, I got the chance to sit down with Mrs. Erica Hart. She's our kindergarten teacher. Here's what that sounded like. Today we are joined by Mrs. Erica Hart uh, in our Meet the Faculty uh, series we've been going through. So uh, the last few weeks we've met with Principal Heinze, Mr. Wheaton, Mr. Hanel. Today we're meeting with Mrs. Erica Hart. She is our new kindergarten teacher this year, although she's not new to a manual per se. So last year she taught 7th and 8th grade and with a shuffle that took place, now she is our kindergarten teacher. We're very grateful for her joining us today. How are you doing today, Mrs. Hart? I'm doing good. Thank you very much. Well, wonderful. I'm so glad you're able to join us for this. I think it's really important for our members and for the Friends of Emmanuel to get to know the faculty a little bit. Uh, everyone here is Pastor Radical and I every weekend preaching, so they get to know us pretty well. But the ministry of the school is so important, too, and that's why I think it's really important for us to uh, get to know the faculty a little bit through this and you being one of the newer teachers at Emmanuel anyway not the newest anymore but one of the newer ones uh, I think it's important to to have a sit-down conversation like this and allow people to get to know you so Erica tell us a little bit about yourself where did you where'd you grow up where are you from well I grew up in New Jersey and it's actually more beautiful than people think it is oh okay <laughs> <laughs> oh neat we have lots of beaches and we can go up to northern Jersey where there's more mountain areas where you can hike and stuff oh and really then more in southern Jersey there's lots of farms so. okay okay mm -hmm. I was thinking New Jersey is kind of a, a dirtier place but that's good to know that's good yeah. to know uh, Erica, are you married? Do you have kids? Can you describe your family, family I am life? I am married. My husband's name is Michael, and I have we have four kids. We have Austin, who's in eighth grade. We have Titus, who's in fifth grade. We have Nathaniel in third, and then Audrey in second grade. And we're very thankful that they can be here at Emmanuel Lutheran School. Well, that's awesome. You got the got a full gamut. So you guys are pretty busy, I imagine. <laughs> oh yeah, running all over <laughs> with all those all those kids. Yeah, good. And you have the baby princess daughter right now. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, Erica, did you always imagine you'd end up being a teacher when you grew up? Is it something that's always been a dream, or did you stumble into it? What do you, where did that come from? Um, I really always wanted to be a teacher. You know, I remember even being a little girl and setting up my dolls and taking my mom's school books, because my mom and my grandmother were both teachers as well. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my grandmother actually got to the level where she was a professor, and Whoa. she taught math. And my mom also taught math in middle school, but she started out with elementary as well. Okay. Um, okay. So I used to remember borrowing my mom's math books, like her teacher books, and yeah. pretending to be the teacher with my stuffed animals and dolls. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and then, of course, as I got older, our high school, I went to a Christian school in New Jersey, mm -hmm. and our high school had a leadership program. Okay. And we were able to help students that maybe had some learning disabilities, and I really enjoyed helping the student I was assigned to. Okay. And then I also would help out a lot with church, with VBS, and nursery, and then as I got older... Um, I would just volunteer in different places where children were or work in daycare centers. Okay. Well. So it's kind of been a part of your life since from little on is this, this teaching. Yes, yes definitely. Awesome. Very cool. So did you go to school to be a teacher? What's your educational background? Yes, I did. I graduated from St. John Fisher College in Rochester, New York. And I did graduate with a teaching degree, but I also have a special area for special education as well. Okay. Um, my area for special ed was learning disabilities because that's always been something I've gravitated towards. I mm -hmm. love helping children to overcome things that might be holding them back and overcome those obstacles 
and um, just keep growing from there. Awesome, awesome. So that, you know, that's something definitely that we can utilize here at Emmanuel because we have all kinds of kids here, and you know, so your expertise on that is certainly something that that it's good for our members to know that we have here that we can help with <laughs> in those situations too. Awesome. Uh, so where else have you worked? Where else have you taught uh, in the past? Um, before I had children, I worked at a Christian school in Virginia because my husband and I lived in Virginia for 13 years before we moved here. Okay. Uh, I worked there and I taught sixth grade my first year. Oh. And then after that, I taught first grade. And oh. I really enjoyed it. And the only reason I stopped was so that we could start our family. Mm, okay. And so then even after that, once our kids got to a certain age, I would do preschool with them at home to prepare them for kindergarten. Yep. Very good. Very good. Uh, I always think it's so important. Being a mother is the most important job in the world, in my in my opinion. And Thank you. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think that's something that, you know, sadly, many people don't put as much value on in today's society. But, mm-hmm. you know, raising the next generation and bringing up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, even in preschool at those levels, it's so foundational to the, their, their future life, too. Yeah, and then um, when we moved to Minnesota, I was mm-hmm. given the privilege from Mankato to work in the public school systems as a substitute teacher. So oh, yeah, okay. That was really eye-opening, too, and being able just to learn about our community more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good. Um, so, Erica, why do you believe a Christian education is so important? You know, obviously all your kids go to school here, you teach here. Um, there's a reason you're at this Christian school. Why is a Christian education so important? Uh, Well, I read once about the importance of nurturing your children uh, in Christ before you set them off into the world. And when I was reading it, it described having that environment as a greenhouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because a lot of people like to say it's a bubble. Mm -hmm. And this author said it's more like a greenhouse, and I agree with them. They said just as a farmer will prepare their plants in the greenhouse before setting them off into the world, we need to nurture and grow our children in the greenhouse setting mm-hmm. uh, to, before we set them off into the world. And I see the principals, you guys, the pastors, uh, the other teachers, and the parents as the farmers preparing these children before we go out and set them off into the world. So that's they're beautiful. strong and ready to go. That's beautiful. <laughs> I really, I really like that analogy. You know, because oh. you know sometimes the bubble is thought of as a you know a bad thing, like you kind of say, but really, you know these kids are going to go out into a big, scary world, and it's getting scarier every day. But with when they're equipped in God's Word and grow big and strong, like you say, mm-hmm. uh, their faith is what's going to carry them through it. That's neat. Thank you. Yeah, and I love as a parent, I love that I can see Emmanuel not only as a teacher, but as a parent as mm-hmm. well. And I love seeing the growth that my children have made, not only through my husband and I at home, but also from their time here at Emmanuel. So yeah. and the, thank you he, to all the teachers. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and even the support, you know, of, of having friends who are also have that faith too and are going Definitely. through similar situations. Yeah. Uh, so can you tell us a story from your classroom this year, Erica, that will show our listeners what Emmanuel Lutheran School is all about? Uh, I was thinking about a situation that I remember, and one of the things that I always really liked about the school, and I know my husband did too when we first joined, uh, is that the upper school is very involved with the younger kids here, and they actually know their names. And I just remember this one day, one of the senior boys knew it was one of my students' birthdays, mm. and he said, happy birthday to that student. And the joy that came on that student's face mm. was, I'll never forget it, and he <clears> ran <throat> into the classroom and told everyone, this person said happy birthday to me. <laughs> And I just love seeing that connection there and that caring for the other students. 
So that's just something that I think speaks volumes because you don't see that necessarily yeah. in other school settings. That's cool. I kind of got goosebumps right now just even <laughs> thinking about that. You know, and that's one of the beautiful things. There are not many K twelve schools mm-hmm. in the United States. You know that where there's this relationship between these little kids and these big kids, and the opportunity that those high schoolers have to be role models. You know, for those kids is a very neat neat thing about our school. Uh, so since you're so intimately involved in the the school and the ministry and the work here at Emmanuel, is there anything <laughs> that you could see that we could work on to improve the church and school and the relationship there and things we can continue to improve in our ministry? Um, I think the only thing I can really think about is just getting the word out to others. Because I know as a person that was new to Mankato in Minnesota, um, it would have been great if I found out about you guys right away. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So my kids didn't have to go to the public school our first year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's the main thing. I like to encourage people, like, if you know uh, someone that's having a hard time in public school or someone that's looking for school or they have a preschooler, let them know about our school. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I as well, you know, should just be telling others about our school constantly. Yeah, I think public awareness is always something we can... We, could, we should work on more and more, and, you know, we have, we have the best school in Mankato, I think. I agree, I <laughs> yeah, agree, you know, 100%. I, yeah, so hopefully we get that word out and bust the doors down. That would be great. Um, how about, uh, I'll, ask, I'll ask you this, what's your favorite thing about being the teacher? My favorite thing about being a teacher is seeing the kids grow. I love that in the beginning of the year, especially this year, some of the students came in maybe not knowing all their letters or not knowing all their sounds, and now they're reading books. Yeah. And that's just the best reward yeah. of them all. So that's my favorite thing. Awesome. Yeah. My daughter, my daughter's in kindergarten this year, so <laughs> it's been neat to see her grow this year and you know the way that she's she's both socially but also intellectually too to see how she grows and. I've heard, uh, when I was talking to Stephanie, the previous kindergarten teacher, uh, Stephanie Rucker, she told me, you know, that first year kindergarten is the biggest jump you really make. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Things that were hard to do, like lining up, even the simplest things, yeah. and now they're pros. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> they're ready for first grade. Awesome. Well, and I think, kinder, you know, being the kindergarten teacher is one of the more, because it's the biggest jump, it's also one of the more challenging mm-hmm. uh, grades to teach out of the whole whole school because you're laying that foundation for future years, which includes the discipline of lining up and being quiet in the hallways and all those things. That, mm-hmm. uh, so I have a great admiration for you, Erica, well, you. and the work that you do uh, and the patience that you have. So I, we continue to thank you for the work and pray for your strength and patience well, thank you. with I those kids it. too. And, and uh, I have more kids coming your way soon. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's your favorite thing. What's your least favorite thing about being a teacher? I think my least favorite thing is trying to juggle being a teacher, being a good teacher, and being a good mom at the mm, same time. Yeah. Uh, when I leave school, I don't leave the job behind. I bring it home, yep. whether I'm preparing, whether I'm thinking about them. Yep. Um, and then it's the same thing with the mom. When I come <clears> to school, I'm still thinking about my kids and planning what we're doing after school for their events, for basketball or soccer and yep. everything. So yep. just the juggle between the two. Yeah, yeah, the work, work home balance is... That's something I struggle with too, honestly. I mean, yeah, I think it's hard for all working parents. Yeah, yeah, I think you know, and it's it's you feel guilty about when you're when you're work, you feel guilty about not getting stuff done at home. When you're at home, you feel guilty about not getting stuff done at work. Exactly. Yeah, so you know, and it's important important balance, and you know, I always think uh, making sure we pray to the Lord to help us with that balance and being the best parent we can be, and and the best teacher, pastor we can be too is. yeah, that's important to balance those things out. So we talked a lot about school and your role as a teacher. What are some of your hobbies, things you like to do outside of the, 
the, your work in, in the classroom? Um, well, I love biking with my family. Oh. So sometimes the boys and I will go on a longer bike trail. Oh, cool. Uh, but Audrey finally learned how to ride a two-wheeler last week, Ooh. last year. So now Michael can join us. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> he used to kind of stay home yeah. with her. Yeah, and then the boys and I go. So that's okay. been a lot of fun, just all of us being able to bike finally together. Cool, yeah. And this summer, you know, once this summer will be a chance for yes. all of you to kick get going yeah cool. and i love going you know anything outdoors uh, i love going to the beach warm outdoor things yes yeah yeah <laughs> the beach or sometimes we'll go hiking um and the falls right over here yeah miniopa yes yep. yeah yep. very so, cool yeah yeah, yeah mankato's they they're we're big about biking around here oh i, I love that I, yes. I, yeah yeah it's something my wife and i like to get into a little bit more too but uh uh any closing thoughts erica you'd like to share with our listeners or or, or feelings that you have about Emmanuel, the things we're doing here? Well, first I just wanted to thank everyone for the opportunity to be a teacher here. I loved last year. I remember probably the first three months I couldn't stop smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I really do feel like it's just a blessing and a gift from the Lord that I get to be here. Hmm. Uh, so I just want to thank everyone for that. And then I just want to ask people to share about our school and that the kindergartners will have a kindergarten roundup April 1st. Yeah, yep, definitely. And so if you know any future kindergartners, just let them know about that. But um, that's it. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. We should highlight that kindergarten roundup coming up April 1st. So uh, any few, any kindergartners that will be enrolling next year and for the 2022-2023 school year should try to be there for that April 1st. And we're I'll be there. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what you got the kindergartners to do this year. So, And the theme is Day in the Life of a Kindergartner. Is yes, that, is that yeah. right? Very cool. So I hope you can join us for that. Thank you, Erica, for sitting down with us today. You are a great blessing to our to our school. We are Thank so you. grateful to have you here and uh, looking forward to, to seeing how the Lord continues to use you for the ministry here at Emmanuel. Thank you. Thank you again to Mrs. Hart for that interview. Next week we'll be talking to Mr. Lane Fisher. Hope you can join us for that. For our hymn of the day today, I've selected hymn 452 from the Lutheran hymnal. Uh, it's not from the Lenten section, but it's a reminder of, you know, this is really what Jesus was doing as he made his way to Jerusalem and, of course, to Calvary to suffer and die for us. He was going to war. And so we read uh, verses 1 through 4 of hymn 452. The Son of God goes forth to war, a kingly crown to gain. His blood-red banner streams afar. Who follows in his train? Who best can drink his cup of woe, triumphant over pain? Who patient bears his cross below, he follows in his train. The martyr first, whose eagle eye could pierce beyond the grave, who saw his master in the sky and called on him to save. Like him with pardon on his tongue, in midst of mortal pain, he prayed for them that did the wrong, who follows in his train. A glorious band, the chosen few, on whom the Spirit came. Twelve valiant saints, their hope they knew, and mocked the cross and flame. They met the tyrant's brandished steel, the lion's gory mane. They bowed their necks the death to feel, who follows in their train. A noble army, men and boys, the matron and the maid, around the Savior's throne rejoice in robes of light arrayed. They climbed the steep ascent of heaven through peril, toil, and pain. O God, to us may grace be given to follow in their train. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.